0: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au
1: First Serve Tennis Sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at Sunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
2: Indeed, welcome to another big edition of The First Serve. Always a staple part of Monday nights uh, right across the uh, SEN network. It's uh, great to have you with us, uh, Brett Phillips, uh, in the chair. That was the one guarantee, apart from doing everything else around that. I was definitely going to be in for this hour uh, tonight. Always uh, love coming in to talk uh, the world of tennis. Uh, big show tonight, Linda Pierce. In just a moment, award-winning uh, tennis journalist is going to join us. Uh, Jamin Crabb, who's in the Athletes' Village at Tokyo, the captain of our Australian men's Olympic tennis team, is going to join us on the ground uh, with quite a few changes, obviously, to the Australian team. The injection of a young man called Max Purcell, the late inclusion over the weekend for Alex Demonor, and we learned about his fate, unfortunately, for the Demon uh, testing positive. The coach of Max Purcell, Nathan Healy, uh, will join us uh, tonight. I'm also going to bring you a little bit later on, I think one of the great induction speeches, Goran Ivanisevic, of course, who won Wimbledon against their very own Pat Rafter, and inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame, along with uh, Conchita Martinez and the original nine, of course, and uh, it was a great speech. So I'm going to bring you that a little bit later on, and I sat down last night to watch the new uh, Naomi Osaka uh, documentary on Netflix. i so will play a little bit of the trailer of that, but uh, that is a uh, fascinating viewing. So some discussion on that a little bit uh, later on. Uh, just some winners uh, from the weekend. Uh, Pablo Corrino Busta uh, getting it done. Uh, the Spaniard, six ATP title, first at 500 level, his second title for the year, 17 clay court wins, uh, bouncing back nicely, winning in Hamburg at the ATP 500 after being uh, knocked out by Sam Querrey uh, on the clay at Wimbledon. Uh, also a win to big Kevin Anderson, the former world number no. five, two-time... Grand Slam finalist who's been in the wilderness a little bit. He won in Newport that event, uh, the Hall of Fame Open which uh, leads into the induction uh, ceremony. Beat a very good young player I've got to say. The 20 year old American Jensen Brooksy. He is having some sort of year from 314 to 126 in the world. Uh, Qualified for Roland Garros uh, first final at ATP 250 level. He's won three challenges, a runner up actually beat uh, Jordan Thompson uh, in a semi-final and Pretty frustrated, Tomo, across uh, the weekend, but just watch out for Jensen Brooksby. He is going uh, very, very nicely. Casper Rood, well, he just loves the clay. He was in a start in Sweden, had the support of the Swedes, the Norwegian crowd, a bit of Danish uh, support as well up there in Scandinavia. Uh, third title for the year uh, on the clay. Um, didn't drop a set all week. He was outstanding, Casper Ruud. so he uh, certainly loves the clay. Noted about that. Barbora Krejcikova, French Open winner this year. How good's her run going? Apart from one loss to Ashbarty at uh, Wimbledon, has won twenty of her past twenty-one matches, and uh, she has won a trio of tournaments. Of course, the last four weeks, so three wins out of her last four tournaments. She won uh, the Prague Open, where Storm Sanders continued to take a, another step up to about one thirty-odd storm, so she's uh, edging uh, towards the top one hundred, but it's still going to take some work uh, to get there and and certainly uh, get inside, but. Barbora Kritsikova having a fine season. Uh, Tamara Zidansek, she was the absolute surprise packet of the French Open, making a semi-final, climbing to the top 50 for the first time. Um, great effort, and she's won her first tournament in Lausanne in Switzerland uh, across uh, the weekend. So nice to see her back that up. Uh, Yulia Patinsiva had all sorts of problems with the mice in uh, Melbourne lockdown earlier in the year, but uh, she won in Hungary, so nice win for uh, Yulia Patinsiva, one of the... Feistiest competitors on the tour. Uh, we'll talk more about Max Purcell through the air. Watch that Challenger final last night. We'll talk to his coach, Nathan Healy, as I said. Uh, great reward for Max, who predominantly has played his tennis sort of away from uh, the lights and the radar and, and the viewing screens, really. We got to know him a little bit through the Australian Open when he and Luke Saville made that final a couple of years ago. We saw that great run at Eastbourne uh, leading into uh, Wimbledon. We got to see him with a bit of primetime TV coverage. Uh, Max, and he's uh, one in Kazakhstan. At the same time, he was getting the call up, we need you to come to Tokyo, and he is Tokyo bound, so i will get uh, the lowdown on that. And Rinky Hijikata, very nice work from this young man. I actually spoke to him at the US Open a couple of years ago. Young New South Welshman. He's been going down the college pathway uh, the last 12 months. He's jumped back out on the road in the last uh, three or four weeks. He's 10-3, and three, won the ITF event, in Tunisia. I think he's got a lot of talent, uh, Rinky, and uh, will continue to uh, track his uh, very promising uh, young career. But let's welcome in award winning tennis journalist Linda Pearce. She's always part of our show each month and she's written a terrific piece for our website, thefirstserve.com.au today. Tennis at the Olympics. It's been a fascinating relationship across the journey. Linda, always great to have you on the show.
3: Thanks for having me, BP.
2: It's a great piece that you've um, written. We're going to go inside the Australian camp very shortly with uh, Jamin Crabb. The Aussies have arrived all bar uh, Max Purcell as the, the late inclusion. We know there's plenty missing, but at least there is the top female in Ash Barty. There is the top male in Novak Djokovic. But it it has been an interesting debate for a long time whether tennis, Linda, should even be in the Olympics.
3: That's right. When it was readmitted in 1988, there was a huge... Um Debate, as you said, about whether or not it belongs. It's a professional sport, mostly for individuals. They have their pinnacles four times a year. Do they really need to have an Olympic gold medal as another carrot when other sports um, are probably more deserving and a better fit? And I've never really thought it, it, it belonged. I get why it's there from... An ITF point of view, there's a lot of funding that comes with it that they use to help develop the game around the world, especially in countries that that you know have less resources. But it just doesn't seem quite right to me. What do you what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's a fascinating um, discussion. If it wasn't in the Olympics, I, I wouldn't be too fussed. Um, to be totally honest, I mean the tennis players play for four big prizes every year, and and I've got a check coming up with Raylene Boyle tomorrow night. On uh, I've actually recorded it uh, this afternoon and, you know, she was someone in like a lot of those uh, competitors, Linda, in individual sports where it was their crowning moment um, to train and prepare for their one big moment of glory. But tennis players have four chances every year to have their moment of glory and it maybe doesn't quite mean as much. Um, You know, certainly... Uh, would, would Ash Barty, Would do you th- do you think she'd be naturally wanting to go, or do you think there'd be maybe some pressure on her to go? What, what, what how do you read that situation?
3: My feeling with Ash is that she'd be naturally wanting to go. That's just the the type of competitor she is. She talked about in in uh, last week actually, or the week before. She talked about in. In primary school, she was nine or 10 years old and a young tennis player then, obviously. But yep. she said her three ambitions were to be world number one, win a Grand Slam and go to an Olympics. So that's even back then. I don't, I don't um, believe for a minute that that's actually changed. So for someone like her, fantastic. But you just get the feeling like someone like Dominic Team, he showed zero interest from all year, really, to go to Tokyo. Even before the pandemic situation deteriorated to the point that it is now. So... And then you get a Mark Woodford, who I read back on some quotes of Mark, and when the Woodies won in Atlanta in 1996, he still thinks that is the the crowning moment of his very, very good career. So um, he wouldn't swap that for anything. It's it's very much an individual thing. But on the whole, I don't really think tennis belongs in the Olympic Games. Yeah,
2: and I was just reading, you know, there's another little part of your article. I don't want to give it all away. I want people to go and have a read of that, thefirstserve.com.au, where you talk about uh, Roger Federer and obviously... You know the situation physically has just become too hard for Roger to commit to playing a lot of tennis, and he's, if he's going to get through this last little phase of his career, he's got to do this so methodically to play still at you know such a, a great level. But with the resume he's carried, he hasn't won that one Olympic medal. And I think it would have been great to see him add that to a, a glittering uh, resume on on a world stage, where obviously he's you know well known, revered from athletes across so many different codes, but for them to be in the same sort of uh, vicinity of Roger, if you like, uh, trying to achieve, um, you know, the icing on the cake of his career, but he doesn't get that opportunity. I think it's a fascinating debate, isn't it, Linda? We could go around and around in circles about the value of it, but it's going to be very strange. And Jamie and will join us uh, very shortly. I mean, for a lot of these athletes uh, to not play in front of any fans, not to have any support, I mean, it's, going to, it's just going to be a very odd situation.
3: It is, and and I just think for like a track and field athlete, they're used to having an entire full stadium of one hundred thousand people every time they run at an Olympic Games, and it won't diminish the achievement for anyone who wins a medal. But no. it certainly, as you say, will be quite. a a strange experience I interviewed uh, the Australian 100 meter um, woman track champion Hannah Bassick um, before she went away and she couldn't care less that there was no crowds really she was just so stoked to be there having you know run for the last 10 years with no real prospect of getting there until just a few months ago so I think for those sports I think they'll it it won't make any difference but I, I think it's also a little bit about the what they can do um, off the track or the, off, out of the pool or whatever. They can't go and watch any other sport. No. They can't hang out in the athlete's dining hall and, to, and, you know, get a selfie with Roger Federer, who obviously isn't there anyway. But they, but they can't do all those things that make it the extra special experience that they all dream about. Um, so I feel sorry for them in a way, but also I don't even really think the game should be going ahead in this current climate. So the fact that they are there and they're getting the opportunity is better than nothing.
2: Uh, that is uh, that is true and we, we wait to see. It's going to be fascinating viewing and we're going to have it covered and when the big moments come, there's still going to be that joy of winning for so many uh, people who maybe look at this as their one window to beat in Olympic Games. Uh, Linda Pierce with us tonight. Thanks to Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. So you can go shopping while you're listening to us tonight. Tennisdirect.com.au. Use that promo code Serve 10 You'll get 10% off rackets, accessories, all delivered to your front door. Tennis Direct dot uh, com dot au so the, the latest news after learning about demon or in the last few days the latest one oh. was coco Goff today out
3: <laughs> that's right i felt so sorry for demon he was just dying to get there and and his mother was quoted you know the last couple of days as saying he's absolutely devastated so much so he doesn't even can't even really speak about it at the moment so that's terrible for him um uh, yeah it, it's one thing to be injured, it's another thing to be actually fit and well, other than having a positive COVID test, which, which apparently demonoid doesn't even have any symptoms, really. No. So it's just such a terrible shame for him. Um, and then we've got, you know, Berrettini pulling out him. Every time I log on to something, I see another withdrawal. And I think, Who, who's actually going to be left? One interesting person, though, will be Naomi Osaka. Yes. I think a lot of people will be really interested to see how she returns after that break following the French Open and all the controversy about that. She's obviously a megastar in Japan um, and back on the court again in her home Olympics. So very interested to see how she goes.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And as I said off the top, I watched about three episodes of the Netflix documentary last night. I'll play a little bit of the trailer uh, later on. It's It's a must watch just to get the full picture of Osaka and uh, the life that she has led for a, a young girl. It's uh, a yeah, fascinating viewing, a real insight. So the Australian women's team, Ash Barty, Ellen Perez, Storm Sanders, Sam Stozer, her fifth and final Olympics, Isla tomjanovic And then for the men, it'll be James Duckworth, uh, John Milman, who, uh, of course, uh, they were in Rio, uh, Johnny Pears, uh, Luke Seville and... Max Purcell, I think he might be in flight uh, as we speak to uh, get to uh, Tokyo in quick time. I think uh, we'll talk to Jamin Crabb very shortly. I think they're just trying to confirm whether he will get into that singles draw. It's a bit to play out.
3: Yes, but imagine going from a challenger in Kazakhstan to the greatest, the biggest sporting show on earth in the space (laughs) of a couple of days. He must be pinching himself, Max.
2: Uh, No doubt. Well, Grothy was a late inclusion, wasn't he, Uh, for Rio, uh, going back a few years ago. Sam Groth, I think he made the the late dash and... Here he found himself in the opening ceremony and uh, pinching himself, really. There was an Olympic <laughs> Games. Uh, half your luck. Uh, thank you, Linda. Always great to chat. Tennis at the Olympics. Go over have a read of it? It's a great article. Uh, thefirstserve.com.au while you're listening in to us uh, tonight. We'll uh, chat to you soon. Thanks, Brett. Linda Pierce. A break. We're going to talk to Jamin Crabb next. He is the Australian Olympic tennis team captain. He's in the Athletes Village. We'll head to Tokyo next on The First Serve.
1: First Serve Tennis Sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at Sunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the First Serve every Monday night
2: right across the SEN network. It's great to have you with us. We'll take some calls a little bit later on. Got that $150 voucher from our good friends at Tennis Direct. Of course, you can log on there. 10% discount. First Serve 10 is the code. You need to use rackets, accessories. Everything will be delivered to your front door. Tennisdirector.com.au. The Olympics, of course, coming up this week. And, of course, we'll have a two-week sabbatical the next two Mondays with the SEN's Olympic coverage. Uh, we're covering plenty of tennis right throughout the different programs. So we're going to go inside the Australian camp in Tokyo. A little bit earlier today, I caught up with Jamin Crabb and he is the uh, captain of the the men's team. We mentioned the guys that will be playing uh, with Linda Pierce just before, James Duckworth, John Millman, Johnny Pierce, Luke Saville, Max Purcell to fly in from Kazakhstan. Uh, I don't know whether he'll be in economy class, although it might beef him up to first class after his win on the weekend. But uh, Crabby and the team arriving in the last sort of 48 hours to get a bit of a feel of life inside the Athletes' Village.
0: Yeah, we got in Saturday night. It's my first Olympics. So, yeah, it's really exciting to be here and and really... Proud to get the job to, to coach the Australian men's team. We've got all the boys here, except for Max, who, you know, had coming off a great win. Kazakhstan, I think yep. he is. So he's, he gets in tomorrow morning. You know, the way Japan run everything, I thought it was very, very smooth coming in, as smooth as it could be. Um, a lot of checkpoints to go through like, even before we left. Uh, we had to have you know, three three negative tests so and then get to the airport and um, I think there was different apps we had to upload all our negative tests to and it was it was checked quite regularly in different spots at the airport and then when we landed again and um, then you went through a series of uh, temperature tests and then you did a saliva test through the immigration you just sort of kept moving on to the next the next thing not really knowing what's coming next. And then finally, through immigration, um, get our luggage and then just wait for your negative test, which didn't take too long, actually. Mm. It was probably a, a three hour process. I know a lot of people have, have had a lot worse landing, but uh, I think we were lucky with the time that we landed and um, we got to our, our room around around midnight. And then, yeah, it was, it was great waking up Sunday morning, they're walking around the village. Australia sort of has their own, I guess, apartment block where all the Australian athletes are, or most of them are. Yeah, I mean, in, in an apartment with with our physio Shui and and Luke Stabel and John Piers. Yeah, it's a, a, a sort of a, a Japanese sort of an apartment. Not yeah, uh, yeah. not too too flash and pretty small. And you've probably seen the cardboard beds floating around the internet. Yeah, the hardest thing on Sunday was trying to explain to Johnny Millen he wasn't allowed to practice because an Olympic rule that you're not allowed on the venue until five days before your event. So you just have to do the gym and play a bit of frisbee for footy and yeah, just, just get our bearings and, and especially for those boys coming from Europe to acclimatise a little bit and get the layout of the, uh, the
2: dining hall, which... It's pretty impressive. From here, with all that pre testing and uh, the COVID protocols, now that you're on the ground and you get in preparation mode for competitions, how does that all work? Is that a, still a day by day thing where you have to be tested, or is it every couple of days? What's the sort of setup from here?
0: It's a saliva test every day, which isn't too painful. I know the boys, because they were coming from London, um, they've had to do the PCR test. I think each day we've been here so far. I think that's over now. It was something to do with how many days they've been out of the Wimbledon bubble, or whenever they had left England. I mean, they had a few extra, but yeah, now it's just a saliva test each day, and then see what that result is. And then you've got to get your temperature taken and input some data into a few different apps to uh, keep that ticking over. Other than that, you don't really think about it once you're here. Probably had a few thoughts before I was coming. And what it was going to look like but once you get here and you're around the team and it's sort of okay let's get ready to you know we've got sort of five days now to prepare to play um just coming off a good practice uh this morning yeah for like our first hit in very very hot and lively conditions so it's going to be you know a little bit survival of the fittest out there it, it's looks like it's gonna be hot all week and very humid and uh, this time of year in japan can be pretty brutal which suits a lot of our guys both Johnny Millman with the with the fitness and endurance that he has, and then the liveliness of the ball for for Duckworth jumping around all over the place uh, with his serve and you know and short points. So it's going to be interesting.
2: So since the team was originally announced, uh, that was the end of June. Yeah. Obviously, there's been some change, and Nick was originally named, and we know his reasons. We understand his reasons for not wanting to take part, and then the unfortunate circumstance with Alex in the last yeah. few days, who was champion at the bit who loves representing yep. his country. So that's pretty uh, devastating. And then uh, for you mm-hmm. guys to have to make a, a pretty quick call on a replacement. And as you mm-hmm. said, Max has uh, got that nod, been in great singles form, Eastbourne winning the challenger in uh, New Sultan uh, overnight. Uh, just tell us how that whole process has gone down. Firstly, with young Alex, and I imagine mm-hmm. you probably had some communication with him and then the decision yeah. to inject uh, Max into the squad.
0: Yeah, well, Demon, yeah, that was that was a tough one. Um, really felt for him. Uh, he, you know, he was messaging all the time how excited he was to get over here and you know trying to get the earliest flight he possibly could to get on the ground and get training. So yeah, he could tell just in his voice how devastated he was. You know, just talking to him about you know Paris in three years, he'll be probably around the peak of his powers then and, and for him now just to, to get healthy and, and have a good US summer. He had a great US summer last year, try and back that up and then and build and, and he'll get his he'll get his chance I'm sure. But uh, it was very, uh, it was a tough one. And then it was the way it works. Um, We had to find someone for Piersy. Well, Max was the obvious choice. Anyway, he was very, very close to being selected uh, at the beginning. Like that was a real, a real toss up there. He needed to be under the cut, the doubles cut. We could Replace Demon with someone that was under, and, and Piersy and Max are well under that cut. You know, I caught him, he was obviously in the middle of a tournament um, straight after his round of 16 match, which was a very important tournament to him because, yeah. you know, he had to get his ranking down. It was his last chance to get his ranking down for US Open Qualies. I explained to him, that we don't have to make a decision until I think we had midnight the next day. And I said, look, hopefully they hold off the Demon thing. But with those sort of things, once the cat's out of the bag, there's no holding it off. That was announced the next day, but we said to Max, like, you know, sleep on it. And he, he was, happy to sleep on it he said look just let me know if anything changes and then once he saw the demon news was out the next morning before his quarterfinal match he messaged and we we had an agreement from the itf that they were going to wait for his match and then he can give his his answer which i think he'd already come to his conclusion but mm. i said look play your match went on and won the tournament so um and that'll get him into us open Qualies which was fantastic and then he arrives here tuesday morning um he had to go through the same protocols then so as soon as he got off the phone Friday or Saturday, he went straight to get his first test. And because he had been in London, he needed three in a row. And then as soon as he's cleared, he's uh, he'll be on the plane after the cutoff date. It doesn't go down the list anymore. The the replace, if someone pulls out of singles, which Ferratini has, they're replaced by the doubles player that's here with the highest singles ranking. And we're just trying to get clarity on where Max stands. He's either the I, I believe he might be one out.
2: Yeah, obviously he's a great option for yeah. both. So it's a it's a bit of a whirlwind story, isn't it? Is it similar to? Yeah. We'll get back to Rio, 216. Grothy was the last Mm -hmm. conclusion, wasn't he? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, he was. Yep, yep. He snuck in at that last minute and got on the plane and, yeah. Yeah, You're in Olympic Games.
2: Wow. Yeah, going to the training venue and so forth. I mean, we're so far away from it here. We see the pitches. It's incredible. I mean, they've been so keen, the IOC, just to keep crashing through and getting this Olympics done when everyone has said, no, it shouldn't be going ahead and there's going to be no crowds, but they want to get it done. I mean, and for a lot of athletes, this might be their one opportunity. To go to Olympic Games, yeah. depending what demographic they're in. So regardless of no crowds, which you know, tennis players through their journey, coming through the lower mm-hmm. ranks, they're used to playing in front of not too many until they reach the uh, the top level of the ATP tour. For others, it'll be a bit more uh, foreign. But do you, do you think the enthusiasm is still the same? Johnny Milman crowd's great enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking down that list, I mean, for Duckworth and. Yeah, For a guy like Max yeah. Purcell to say you've been to an Olympics, regardless of the circumstances, I imagine carries a fair bit away. But it is going to be
0: different, isn't it? It will be different, but you're right. There's a lot of uh, excitement and enthusiasm here and you know just seeing the other athletes from other sports which is a little bit hard because everyone's got a mask on but we try to pick which sport from the different body builds that they're in and yeah it's it's definitely exciting and once it starts up and we're here and it's going to be on you know every tv around the place i think the excitement will grow and grow but yeah the boys are you know they're, they were champion at the bit to get out there and hit balls and they race back to lunch and got a gym session and then they'll be in the ice baths yeah. later tonight and yeah. doing yeah. the recovery so yeah, I think it's definitely different now that I'm here. It's uh, it's all systems go, and everyone's yeah pretty pumped up.
2: You talked about all the Australians uh, being in that sort of one area, if you like, as part of the uh, the village. Yeah. Is there the opportunity to interact with other athletes, coaches, or are you sort of all uh, segregated? There was some talk that maybe athletes, obviously with no crowds, it's going to be a little hard for athletes to go and watch other sports and competitors, which I think you know, is what Nick stated as one of the yeah. things that he was looking forward to as a highlight of going to an Olympics. But is yeah. there a chance to interact in any way?
0: Yeah, you I mean, you see them all the time. We have our own Australian barista downstairs, so there's always a long line for coffees, and we're all in the same apartment block, so yeah, you get in the elevator with, with different athletes, you know, what sport are you in, how you're finding it. Mm. Yeah, so there is some interaction, and I think you know, Johnny and Ducks, especially Johnny are going to Rio, and he knows knows a few of the swimmers probably from training up in Queensland see yep. him in the gym there and that sort of thing so yeah there's definitely a little bit of interaction and you know, general good wishes obviously towards them and looking forward to watching them compete
2: Well certainly it looks like it's going to be an open men's field I mean there's a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. in there uh, Duckworth, Millman, Piers, Saville, Purcell under you a combination of singles and doubles and who knows it could be some real surprises right across the uh, the Olympic uh, tennis competition.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there will be for sure I think the conditions will play into it um, whether that's the, you know, the liveliness of the courts, the heat and and the no crowd factor and and representing your country and who handles that sort of pressure the best. So, yeah, I mean, the draw is going to be very important. Obviously, Novak's the massive favourite, but apart from him, like, I, I wouldn't mind our guys playing anyone in the draw, really. So, mm. yeah, we're really looking forward to it.
2: So that is the voice of Jamin Crabb. Caught up with him a little bit earlier today, the Australian men's uh, captain of our Olympic team, Alicia Molik uh, leading our female charge. We caught up with Alicia, of course, to pay tribute to Ash Barty uh, a week ago, and uh, she and the girls are over in Tokyo, or certainly bound for Tokyo. One name mentioned there, Max Purcell. After the break, we'll catch up with his coach, Nathan Healy.
1: First Serve Tennis Sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at Sunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
2: Certainly, is your home of tennis. You can also follow us right throughout the week, thefirstserve.com.au. All our socials Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Aussie results coming in day and night. The sport that just never stops at all. There's always a tennis match going on somewhere around the world, almost, not quite, but a fair chunk of uh, a 12 month uh, calendar. Uh, Nathan Healy is one of the finest people I've met in uh, tennis. He's done a lot of great commentary with us on SEN at Melbourne Park. He uh, was a former player, of course. Coach Leighton Hewitt at the back end of his career has made a pretty good fist of coaching. He was abroad for a little while, came back to Australia, doing some great work up on the Central Coast, uh, guiding the next generation. He's also, the last couple of years, developed a terrific partnership with Max Purcell, a young man with an abundance of talent, who today is at a career-high ranking with his win in Kazakhstan at an ATP challenger, last night. Hills, great to have you uh, on the show. Always good to talk to you.
4: How are you, BP? Uh, thanks for having me, mate.
2: You have done a lot of good work with uh, young Max, and you've you found a great chemistry between the two of you. He's an interesting uh, young man, and as I said off the top of the show, Nathan, I mean, a lot of his work has been off-Broadway, so to speak, and we saw him, you know, the Australian Open when he made the doubles final with Luke. Uh, that put him on the map to get a bit of primetime coverage when they made that uh, final, and Obviously, it was great to watch him at Eastbourne on our screens and for people to have a look at a name they've probably seen on paper a fair bit, but maybe not watch played a lot live. And here he is at a career high ranking and here he is about to go to an Olympic Games.
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's a wonderful kid. Um, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure working with him. And, uh, you know, the doubles at the Australian Open, you know, certainly... Uh, I think it gave him a shot of belief that he could do it in singles. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's been itching to get out onto the singles court. Um, but due to COVID, it's been challenging. Uh, so he sort of had to follow the doubles path, uh, you know, just put a few dollars in the bank to help help support his business. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and now he's yeah, found himself at the Olympics. So it's a childhood dream of his. And, um, yeah, shame for Alex, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, for Maxi, I think it's uh, to represent Australia and wear that green and gold is uh, an, an awesome achievement.
2: Well, as I say in life, you, you take your opportunities when they uh, when they present. So, just the I, I know you know I know you well, Nathan. I know and you, understand your I suppose uh, coaching philosophy, your um, your uh, coaching method around you know getting the mind right and, and being in that great space to go out and compete in a one-on-one sport like tennis. Just give us, listeners here, a bit of a feel for your coaching style and what you've tried to impart on Max to really progress his career.
4: Sure, sure. Well, you know, obviously there's been a lot of work done on the court uh, in regards to his game, but uh, the majority and the real key differences to, you know, his rise at the moment has to do with his inner work. Uh, he's done a. He's been open and willing to dive in. He's had the courage to really, really have a look at his stuff and what was going on underneath the surface and remove any obstacles that yep. would would stop him from uh, reaching his his potential. Um, so the inner work is, you know, it's been you know 15 years of my journey. You know, after I finished playing, I got really interested in self-realization work and uh yeah so you know mainly the teachings of eckhart tolle uh, and also byron cady and various other teachers around the world where i've done silence retreats uh and now i'm doing a holistic counseling diploma and uh branching out actually you know i'm still obviously really focused with max but also
5: Mm.
4: starting to think you know more broad broader and you know taking this whole play awake concept that i have into baseball working with a baseballer at the moment and 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 other uh, uh you know other professions yep. and um you know it's uh you know it's the keys that that unlock the yeah just really like i said remove any remove anything that would stop you from from stepping in and reaching your true potential
2: so nathan what what did you then identify with Max? So you meet Max, you get to know Max a little bit, as you said you 're doing a lot of work on court, so you 're working on the fundamentals, the technique, and everything that goes with um, you know, being a tennis player but what's the thing you identified maybe just in his uh, makeup mentally his personality that you've sort of shifted the needle a little bit? Can you take us inside an example of that sure um yeah, you know, I, a lot of it, you know, to, as
4: a starting point, we really you get into the people that are closest to you, the ones that really trigger you, uh, normally your parents, <laughs> parents, brothers, sister, yep. you know, you kind of, they're the ones that, that, sh- that, that show you your triggers. And so when you get in and do the work uh, on that, it, 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 it gives you a freedom in your daily life, which then spills out onto the court, you know, so, so, you know, moving away from um, from being stuck in that victim mode, like my dad doesn't listen to me, uh, you know, might be a common one. We we all carry these common beliefs mm-hmm. and thoughts, and that's that. You know, so when you start to dissect these beliefs, and and that's what this process does, particularly the work of Byron Katie, which are these four questions and turnarounds. Uh, you, you 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 work that belief. So you know, for example you know, he doesn't listen to me, my dad, you know, I can, I can do it myself, you know, and I find a moment where he hasn't listened to me and he, you know, actually I'll go to one that I did the other day. Yep. He's not proud of me. You know, so my dad's not proud of me. And I found a moment where I was believing that thought that I found that he was, uh, you know, he was calling me a trainer rather than a coach <laughs> And I found that I, that belief came up that I, that he's not proud of me. So the answers were, you know, is it true that that's that's a true statement? So I question it. I, I go inside. I meditate on it, and then you I come up with an answer of yes or no, and then I move to how do I react when I believe the thought? Well, I feel like I'm pissed with him. I'm a, you know I want that respect from him. I'm a, you know I, I'm I'm really seeking his approval. So, you know, I get. Uh, yeah, is yeah very anxious and triggered by that. Then I move to question four, which yep. is how do I? Re, who am I without the thought? You know, the, without the thought that he's proud of me, that he's uh, not proud, That he, my dad's not proud of me. Without that thought, I'm more relaxed and I'm more. I can actually see where he is proud of me. Mm. You know, so I'm starting to look from different angles, and then and then there's turnarounds in the end. I won't go through the whole process, but basically I'm able to see him in the light. Um, where uh, you know where he is proud of me and where I'm really proud of him so it changes our whole dynamic and that whole dynamic can mean that I can then be free in whatever I'm doing whether it is coaching or playing you know I'm just I I'm I'm kind of I'm then in love with my dad you know and I appreciate him I'm not looking for his approval so yeah it's sort of playing with all these little key concepts and triggers um, that stop us from seeing clearly, really.
2: Yeah, fascinating. And, yeah. Uh, I'd, look, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I'm, I'm trying to visualise everything you've just said, but you, you can see, you, you can see, we saw it at Eastbourne, when he's taking a couple of good scalps. he's on the grass, and you can see that uh, that belief. So here he is at 190. Obviously, you know, doubles is, uh, is a nice carrot there because him and Luke have developed a really good ranking, but he's younger than Luke with an opportunity to really build, this singles ranking uh, just before I let you go i mean what what do you think sure i mean there's you know we, we hate to have a ceiling in life, but what what do you think he's capable of? Where does he go from here do you think
4: I, honestly i you know i i rate Maxi i think he's got a, you know has a very he he's been a counterpuncher, but yep. now we've done a lot of work on really rounding his game yeah and turning him into a complete player, which is moving forward to the net more, which I'd love to see. Uh, even more of, uh, but I'm not over there, which makes it challenging to, mm. to clean up the, I see things, I saw things last night in the last couple of days and, and I'm like, these matches won't be six and the third anymore. They're going to be three and two just with a little cleanup of a few one percenters. Yep. And uh, anyway, so yeah, he, just, yeah, getting him all over the net. He has a, a wide wingspan. He's got very soft hands, great touch. Um, you know, his serve we can use a little bit more, you know, using his kicker, um, you know, his returner serve is awesome. That can be turned into a bit more of a weapon, um, you know. So I see him, honestly, with the complete package, you know, and all these details put together, plus all the play awake stuff where he's really uh, clear and and with his between-point routines. I honestly see him like top Top 20. Okay. I'll, I, I'll like, like why not? And, right. and then once you're in there, who yeah. cares? You know, why yeah. not top 10? Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I feel like there is no ceiling. And, and a lot of these players, like even what I saw, Sister Pass at the French Open, you yeah. know, that there's cracks in his mental game and he's improved a lot. Mm. But a lot of these players are on that emotional roller coaster where they're, you know, they're just not clear on what they're doing because they're disconnected from their mind and body. You got the mind and big, body's
2: disconnected. No doubt. Mm. got to dream big. Uh, I love it, Nathan. I'm going to follow with you know, continued great interest. Uh, hey, great to chat. We'll do this in a longer form, um, a little bit down the track. But just wanted to get a little bit of uh, insights into <laughs> Max because it's a great story from uh, the weekend, mate. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, BP. Cheers, mate. Nathan Healy joining us, Max Purcell. What a great weekend. Uh, We'll come back with plenty more on the First Serve.
1: First Serve Tennis Sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblesssunscreens.com.au and GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The First Serve. Your home of tennis.
2: Some great names inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame at Newport across the weekend. The original nine, including the Australian Judy Dalton, a special shout-out to Judy, one of the finest people I've met in tennis, Conchita Martinez, of course, a Grand Slam champion, and one of the great characters, Goran Ifanisovic. He was introduced by John McEnroe, and then Goran
5: got up to say some words. It's gonna be no pressure at all, you know. It's gonna be like last game me and Patrick Rafter. <laughs> I hope not. Where do I start, John Mackerel. my childhood idol? Thank you, John, for such beautiful words. I don't think I'm crazy and the new, but close, very close. <laughs> but I love you. I loved your tennis, and uh, you are the reason why I started to play tennis. And uh, yes, I enjoyed to beat you a lot of times. Original nine, or we can say original great. Thank you for uh, changing the history of tennis. Thank you for being amazing. Thank you for being brave. And I am honored to stand in front of you here. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Conchita. There was no better and nicer person to be part of class 2020, I remember you. I watch you all my career. You are not only great tennis player, great person, and I congratulate you for all your career and to be such a nice and humble person. Thank you and congratulate you. <clears throat> Forty two years ago, I started this journey from little town Split in Croatia, and today. For it, two years after, it's going to end in Newport. On that, some people, because we had some good times, some bad times, some ups and downs. My coaches, I'm going to name them because those people helped me become the player that I am today. Latsi Kacer, Meker Zoran Ilic, Niki Pilic, Boško Čavka, Balas Mario Tudor, Vedran Martic, And most important for me, Bob Brett, who is not with us anymore, but he is proud of me. Thank you, Bob. Uh, My Davis Cup members, I have privilege to play for two countries. I started with Yugoslavia, after that was Croatia. I'm going to name two people from my Yugoslavian team, Bobo Zivojinović and Captain Radmilan Menulic, who helped me a lot. And my Croatian team, captains, Želko Franulović, Niki Pilić, Goran Perpić, Bruno Oresar, Ivan Ljubićić, Mario Ančić, Sasha Hirson, Igor Šarić, all of them, Ivo Karlović, all of them, we played together, we laughed together, and we won Davis Cup in 2005. Every ATP guy, some of them, they ruined my life, almost. <laughs> but you all made me better player, and because of you, I am here today. All my friends who believed in me when it was impossible to believe in me. When I was down, they were my friends. They put me up and they always said nice words to tell me. My fans, it huh, was not easy to be my fan. <laughs> wow. was frustrating was sad, probably a lot of people got divorced because of me, (laughs) but for sure one thing was entertaining to be my fan, (laughs) (laughs) journalists, we had a lot of fun, we had a lot of good press conferences, a lot of disagreement, but still, you know, we have... (laughs) respect for each other, I have to mention one person who followed me since I was 10 years old, Neven Berticevic. Thank you, Neven, for writing every beautiful word about me. And now we come to the most important thing, two most important persons in my career, my mom and dad, two people who sacrificed their health, career, time, gave me unconditional love for me to succeed mom and dad there are no enough thank you they no not enough words that i can say or do for everything what you done for me and if i have to go again on this trip i'm going to choose you again to be my my mom and dad and we go together again i love you and thank you for everything
2: fantastic goran ifanisovic uh, talking at the international Tennis a Hall of Fame, a great induction, it's really, really special for uh, a lot of tennis players um, at this time of the year to be inducted along with the original nine, uh, led by the great Billie Jean King who put uh, the women on the map, the WTA Tour, the formation that in the early 70s to give it equal parity uh, with the men and the ATP Tour. As we uh, sign off um, a great partner is going to be joining the first serve over the next few weeks I want to give a little plug B solar most homeowners worry about rising electricity bills B solar create custom solar plans to ensure you never face outrageous bills ever again better solar better batteries better energy at B solar search for B solar or visit b.solar direct to uh, learn more we'll tell you about that in the coming weeks and how uh, first serve listeners can uh, certainly benefit So check out the podcast if you've missed the entire show tonight. Thefirstserve.com.au, all our socials. We'll take a little two-week gap with the Olympics, but plenty of tennis coverage. Go the Aussies. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick
1: things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au
3: now.